0: Hello and welcome to Dot to Dot, the podcast that connects the dots on how to be you with me, Fiona Murden, psychologist and author. I am joined by my wonderful, wonderful friend and brilliant psychologist Lou Jones again today, and we are going to talk about manipulation. Literally. Hey Fee, how are you doing? sorry hi Lou how you doing I was like hey how you doing haven't spoken to you for a while (laughs) we we do like that start don't we um manipulation
1: yeah do you know what I was thinking about this topic when we had decided to to choose and we the last couple of podcasts we've done have been quite a fun um fun topics like the to-do lists and the science of hugs and that type of thing and this This is a different type. It's a different beast
0: entirely. Um, But then
1: I think it also depends on um, the lens you use with this, right? So because I often think that um, uh, manipulation is seen, you know, it's been... Well, a lot of the articles around manipulative people are very negative, aren't they? They see a lot of those uh, strategies that are used by those people as negative, destructive, um, unhelpful to relationships. And as much as, on the whole, I would agree with them, um, they are generally, at times, there and reinforced there because they at some degree support certain things or are seen as uh, a uh, a trait within the work capacity that is admired because when you look up the word manipulate it's it's control it's handle it's influence and I think those are words that are used a lot in the work capacity in terms of, well, how can you influence that person and how can you um, support that person in changing their behaviour to something else, something that could be better? And I think there's, there's some fine lines. Massively fine
0: lines. And it's interesting you say that because um, a lovely lady who who you've come across to, Gemma Soul, actually says that she changed using the word influence with clients and her clients are business um, leaders to connect and that was following the lovely digital course defining you um, (laughs) which I need to actually put up somewhere at some point but um, she was saying that she found it far more palatable to use the word connect because people will often rile against the word influence because it has that connotation Of manipulation and and connection gives more of the impression of two equal parties doesn't it it's the we're both in this we're both both in this for for our own reasons and for the good of each other and it's equal it's balanced manipulation influence like you say it's like on a sliding scale and I was thinking about this and everything everything we talk about in psychology is so nuanced Um, you could read One characteristic of someone who's manipulative, and you could think, Oh, my partner's manipulative, but actually, they're not. It's just they maybe have one tendency that might fit the bill. You have to be doing these things consistently, knowingly, to control another party. Um, and I believe to undermine manipulation is not just controlling, it's undermining someone else's self belief or understanding of reality that's when it becomes an issue that's when it becomes well manipulation <laughs>
1: I guess to me my understanding of it of it is that the control is for that person's benefit not the other person's benefit.
0: yeah and then I guess that that becomes a moral question doesn't it so to, to how do you know what is to that person's benefit and you could say in that sense. If we're you know, we are manipulating our children because we're getting them to do things to their benefit. So you know when they're younger and you put vegetables in something and, and people say, well mash it up so it doesn't look like vegetables. Well you could say that's manipulation. So it, it's it's really um But it's for their benefit
1: rather than your
0: benefit. Yes, yeah, so is it. So is it that's then the bit is. That makes a difference?
1: That's a difference for me. Like you talk about sometimes we talk about in work like facilitation versus manipulation and facilitation really is about making things easy for the people that you're working with and easier to work out and support them in that so it's for them and supporting them in that process whereas manipulation is really about making it easier for that person or making things better for that person but not the other person not the person being manipulated. it's not about that. There's no often there's no care about the consequence of that other person, um, as long as the manipulator gets what they want in the way that they would like it.
0: Absolutely, I think yeah, totally. It's that's where it crosses from influence to manipulation.
1: So, so I guess my one of my questions around this is, and I mean, we can talk about. Uh, classic traits of people who manipulate um but I, I guess I'm curious to know your thoughts on why people end up
0: being manipulative that's a big question though.
1: <laughs> it is a big question it is a big question and I guess I guess from from my uh and like so so uh I, I'm, I'm really in, enjoying the power threat meaning framework at the moment and a lot of the questions around that are kind of what what's what's happened to you what's what have you gone through what what has made you um, respond to certain situations in the way you respond so, in my mind, when I think about people who do uh, have um, manipulative tendencies is what has led them to to get to that point and 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 what experiences have they gone through, or maybe what experience haven't they gone through that has led them to to have that lens or use those strategies to to get what they maybe perceive they need in their lives to to feel good about themselves or to to feel like they're being successful because that is what society deems as successful so i guess in 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 one instance one of those things is is societal norms um and what we see as success might be about status and money and uh, and so people are driven towards that rather than more um uh leading seeing success as people who are kind and compassionate and decent and acting uh to uh, acting and responding to others how how you would want people to respond to you in a human way rather than a kind of I'm going to tread all over you and get what I want way
0: no um it it makes me think about the people I work with because when you're working with senior leaders I mean, there's a book called Snakes in Suits and there are a higher proportion of narcissistic and sociopathic tendencies in senior leaders than there are the general population. Also in surgeons, also in, I can't remember all of the different professions, but those are two professions that I'm often working with. And one of the things that I'm, Asked to seek out occasionally when I'm doing a profile is this person is incredibly clever at playing the politics. We've heard this through organizations they've worked for before. Can you get underneath that? And it's a really hard thing to get underneath, even in a profile, because as you become more and more skilled at using manipulation as a way of getting where you want to get to it's so easy to pull the wool over other people's eyes.
1: Do you think one of the reasons for that is because one of the classic symptoms of manipulative people is the fact that they take no responsibility for what they do and therefore they, don't, they can't learn or they can't increase their self-awareness of that or they don't want to uh, and so it's not their fault.
0: I think that's one of the factors that you hit on there, they don't want to. Um, sometimes they're not even aware that they are like that but if you bring that to their awareness they either don't care or they don't choose to believe that so they have their own version of reality and I think often a manipulator will tell themselves lies of how they think the world is and believe those lies so for example a friend's husband who we were friends with the husband um her marriage is completely unraveled and one of the things and he's it, it turns out he'd had multiple affairs he would pulled the wool over everyone's eyes um one of the things that he'd done was to he was very friendly with a guy with had massively high integrity really family focused man and he used to say to his wife i'm just like him And when things were starting to crack, she was like, "Why? how can you think you're like him because you're so not like him? And looking at it, you think, well, he told himself that lie. So he told himself he's this person with high integrity, who cared about his wife, who put his family first, when in fact he was running around having affair after affair after affair. So there was a dual um, level of reality being lived in his head. And that's... I mean, that's one extreme version, but often, I mean, I think about an old boss I had who is incredibly manipulative, very clever, but I think there are different versions basically. And with him, with the the old boss, it was more a case of just getting what he wanted. I mean, ultimately it's all about getting what you want, isn't it? But I think Coming back to what you're saying, the point of response taking responsibility is interesting because I think that also leads us down the path of um, sociopathy. So so, being a sociopath, I can't say it, Being being a sociopath or a psychopath. And everyone always goes, oh my goodness, you know, we think about psychopaths and sociopaths as people that would knife and murder people. They're not like that, but their manipulation is such that they get what they want but they have no remorse for any any harm caused to anyone else, which is taking it way to the extreme. I mean, I think I'm talking about my friend's ex-husband. He's not, I, you know, for a start, I can't, I'm not a clinical psychologist, so I can't diagnose what he has. But he's, I would say he's not a psychopath. He's not a sociopath. There are other people that I know and have worked with who I would say, yes, <laughs> they are psychopaths and sociopaths. And they're not going to hurt anyone physically, but they actually do hurt a lot of people emotionally and mentally by, by gaslighting, by um, undermining other people's sense of self-worth. Things are actually, you know, self-worth pretty damn precious and undermining that is is a nasty thing to do
1: yeah yeah oh I agree and I I think that's a really valid point and I think it for those people listening I think it's worth really understanding that self-worth is so important to us so important and we can forget that and almost and I think it's it's it especially for the people who it's um the caring people You know, the carers, the supporters, the people who put other people first all the time or the people with the tendencies and those preferences to do that will often be the targets for people who manipulate for that very reason. You are you're you're happy to put them first at times. Um, But by doing that, you end up losing yourself and that self-worth being chipped away and chipped away and chipped away. Until maybe at a point where you go, what happened to that? And that's actually really, really important. I think it'd be good to. to, I love the phrase gaslighting. What do you? It'd be good to just explain what you mean by that.
0: Gaslighting, uh, in my my mind, is convincing someone of an alternate reality, and that alternate reality suits the convincer. So, I, I mean, I think, for example a personal example a boyfriend i had at university would flirt and lead girls on he he was he was an attractive guy but he was i mean he knew it but he would flirt and really lead other girls on to the extent that other girls were quite nasty to me i had all sorts of nasty things happen but whenever i brought it up with him i was imagining it i was making it up in my mind and it gradually eroded my not just my self-worth but my understanding of reality and it makes you second guess yourself and you think am, am I deluded am I making it up am I really paranoid am I you know am I seeing things aren't there am I jealous am I and so gradually it undermines undermines eats away eats away eats away at who you are and, and what you are and I, I go back to the example of my friend I was talking about her husband would tell her that you know she would she would say things, and he would say he would basically try and convince her of the opposite of being true. So to the extent she actually would do the same thing, she's second guessing herself and thinking, "What well, you know?" You start questioning reality actually, and that's not a nice place to be.
1: No, and that I, I mean that's an in, interesting point, isn't it? Because reality is really perception; it's our perception of how we see our world, and so everybody's reality is different to everybody else's reality obviously there'll be some similarities but it's what what our lens is and how we see the world based on our experiences and our hopes our aspirations our values and all those other things and I think what, we, what you're saying is that manipulative people are very good at uh, creating realities that suit them and then fully believing in those realities and so much so that You believe that to be your reality too and they're very good at twisting what you say very yeah, yeah to the point where sometimes you can question like I'm sure I said this but from what they're saying that's not coming but how do we even get to that point so I think it's often when you feel really confused that's a sign that you're dealing with someone who is manipulative that they yeah, really um, twist everything you say round, that it ends up being almost the opposite of what you were trying to say or not anything to do with what you were trying to say.
0: Yes. And I think um, that's when it becomes... It, becomes, it just becomes uh, overwhelming when that's done to you day in, day out. Because I think if, you're, if that something like that happens with a boss... Even, so even a boss, because actually, when you're in a work environment, you're beholden to that environment a lot of the time. And so that becomes a large part of your reality. And I know that I've, I've done client... I've, I can think about one woman who's incredibly manipulative, uh, who's an HR director. And I did a lot of work with this client for quite a long time. So I knew other people in the organisation, particularly people in her team, And they would come to me and they would say that they would say things about the situation to their partner and their partner would sort of think, you know, look at them like you're crazy. That's, you know, that's, it's not really like that. Um, And they would often use me as a point of, it is like that, isn't it? I'm not, I'm not imagining this. And I'd be like, no, you're not imagining it. It is like that. And that's one of the pieces of advice that's often given if you feel like you're being manipulated go and check your reality against someone else's that you trust. The issue becomes if it's behind closed doors or if it's an environment that no one else sees, which with a a relationship, um, a spouse, a partner, that can often be the case because that gaslighting can happen behind closed doors. So you're only repeating your perception of reality to someone else. But the other thing you find then when you repeat that back to a manipulator is they will twist and change. Oh, you're telling everyone. Why are you making up lies? You see, there, there'll always be a way of undermining even that truth that you get externally. So it becomes very much a, a cobweb, messy, intertwined, complex situation. Is there something like,
1: so a lot of the stuff we've talked about is the language and the conversations you have with people who manipulate. There is a difference. You can almost, you can get entrapped into those conversations and those worlds through those words. But actually, if you look at people's actions... very different and I think sometimes it's, it's helped me in the past when I've dealt with people who are manipulative to actually almost ignore what they say and go what are they doing what's their behavior saying because actually that will tell me more about that person rather than this world they're trying to create by the conversations and actually minimizing on stopping those conversations is going to be more helpful and actually then looking at what they're doing and going with that
0: I think that's a really, really helpful piece of advice. Uh, it's, and, and keep to keep coming back to that and reminding yourself of that because it's so easy to get taken back in by those words. Um, I mean, other things around language, manipulative people tend to generalise as well. So they will say, you know, everyone thinks this, or, or they, they generalise and they make things very black and white. So it's... Um, this is the way the world is, and, and you've got it wrong. There are no nuances in between. Um, you are wrong. I am right. Um, it's it's, it's, it's which,
1: which, when your self-worth is being chipped away, is very hard to deal with or even challenge, isn't it? And mm-hmm. therefore, I think if you challenge the actions rather than the words, and, you know, they always say actions speak louder than words, Right. But with someone who does manipulate, that's really hard because the words come thick and fast and are very strong. Like you say, they're very black and white or they're very emotionally driven as well. They're very powerful. There's a lot of energy behind them. You get completely wrapped up in it.
0: Absolutely. And you think um, words are... I mean, we we talk about... We have to bring up Russ Harris because we talk about him every week. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well be really it would be really wouldn't it and if you haven't listened to that episode go back and listen to it um it, words construct our reality because we talk to ourselves in words and we convince ourselves and we i mean we talk about there's a whole thing out there now about um self-talk uh the language we use to ourselves constructs our reality so if someone else is manipulating that language and manipulating that um a framework of our reality it it's incredibly destabilizing and I know that I I mean I fell apart when I was going out with this particular guy and looking back I don't think why and how was I taken in I can see completely why and how I I do question I don't because I was inexperienced but why I kept going back but there is that tendency as well it's they're very they know they know the buttons to press as well that's another thing they often are pretty insightful and you know sometimes I don't think it's done consciously I think again if I return to my friend's ex-husband I don't think it sounds really bizarre to say I don't think he's a bad person I think he's excuse my language but fucked up but I don't think he's a bad person. Whereas there are other people I know who are manipulative. I wouldn't say they're bad people because, you know, I like to think everyone's good underneath it all. But there's a more negative and knowing intent behind what they're doing. Or there's the the sociopathy. I mean, it, when I was doing the research on mirror neuron, one of the things that it shows with a sociopath is you can do fMRI studies, so brain imaging, of someone experiencing someone else's pain. So, if I was to watch you in pain, it would it would trigger the pain signals in my brain, um, and that would happen with anyone. It would happen probably more because you are my friend, but if you were a stranger, it would still happen. With a sociopath, they can watch someone else in pain, and it literally doesn't trigger those pain signals in their own brain so their brain is not mirroring that of the person who is in pain so they can watch an experience and that will work with emotional pain as well i don't think we know to be honest i think you know it's one of these again vague areas um we don't know if that's brain fault <laughs> as it were or that that you're born with or whether it's through childhood experiences that 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 will um because that, thats that. Because that's
1: the curious curiosity I have in terms of the why. Like, what are they? What are these people? And it's—it's. It's, I know we've talked a lot, a, a lot about uh, experiences with males, but this is—it's similar for females. Right? There's a lot of manipulative females around. So, um, it, it, it crosses both gen- all genders, um, and it's—it's it's why. Like, and and are are these things actually reinforced early on in age when they're using some of these strategies? And it's rewarded in a positive way because they get what they want sure uh, and therefore they keep doing that. And I know that uh, it's reinforced in highly competitive environments, too. So your workplace and I guess in sport or if you have a lot of competitive siblings all similar ages and you're competing for your parents time and love or, you know, friendship groups. It, or or maybe there's you've had some kind of exclusion, in, in emotionally or socially, culturally, professionally, in your world, and, and that's kind of led those tendencies to come up. That's how you survived rather than uh, thrived in the environments that you've been growing up in. And I think it's it's interesting to work back of why has it happened? What's what experiences have those people gone through to? To lead them to that point, which helps you almost understand what's why those people behave like they have. Doesn't excuse it, but you can understand it, which then might help them understand. Actually, at some points, it's it's negatively reinforced because maybe their working relationships end up breaking down. Maybe they're not, you know, they ended up going from company to company to company because people find them very difficult to work with. By the end of it or, you know, they, they get divorced a number of times and they, they have lots of broken relationships in the past and, and families, you know, what, at some point, it's not positively reinforced. And then what happens? You know, at some point, do they continue through their lives like that or do they realise actually the behaviour that they're getting isn't, is only helpful for them, not anyone else, and actually there's no one else around them anymore?
0: really interesting and i think i think with sociopathy sociopathy so i've just stopped saying that word um you're going to
1: nail it by the end of this podcast
0: with sociopaths <laughs> sociopaths um i would imagine that it's more like like the the dsm 5 manual of of um, psychiatric disorders i imagine it's something that is more innate than manipulation per se so if we're talking about it on a scale so we start with connection influence manipulation being a sociopath (laughs) um i think manipulation would be far more traceable to experience where and why but when it comes to realization i wonder a lot because i think about someone who is been in my life since I was a teenager fits very much the narcissistic um, manipulative charming behavior and I wonder if they're going to at some point fall flat on their face because they realize like you've described that the broken relationships everything going wrong it's not everyone else's fault it's a it's a response to the way they've behaved And they've, they've, and, and, you know, I, I will be there to pick up the pieces if that happens, but I do wonder, and I have reflected on it a lot and I've reflected on it in different situations. The old boss that I told you about, I mean, I, I just tell him. So that's one of the things it's boundaries. Now it's easy for me to say, because he's my boss. He's not someone I was in a relationship with and I think possibly from my own experience of dealing with that in a relationship meant that I wasn't going to take any rubbish. So whereas this guy would, I mean, the boundaries were physical as well. So he would often reach over and touch knees and things. And I would say, don't do that and move away. Whereas I'd see other women just squirm and not feel comfortable, not knowing what to do. He would say something to me that I thought was um, undermining or untrue. And I'd just tell him. Um and I would also tell him that I thought he was arrogant and narcissistic. But, you know, that that came of experience and it came of a certain amount of brevity and that I don't think everyone has or everyone's in a situation to to use. You talk about boundaries,
1: sorry, I just completely interrupted you. Um, you talk about boundaries and, and I guess that's something that... Um, is is really key when we talk about self-worth and actually maintaining and encouraging more self-worth is really helped by understanding what your boundaries are as a person what you're happy with what you're not so happy with and making sure with these types of people that you maintain those boundaries it takes energy to do that but actually if, you feel true to you if you maintain those boundaries which helps you maintain that self-worth and the courage and the and and in the the confidence and the self-belief that you have in yourself and i think that that anyone listening that deals with uh, and comes across and has in their in their world relationships with manipulative people is work out what your boundaries are with those people and how you then stick to those boundaries Um, under pressure when you're not feeling so good about yourself when you are feeling a little bit low on energy you've had a bad night's sleep or stuff is going on how do you keep those boundaries how do you remind yourself like every so often I know I've got a post-it note up on my wall when I'm you know dealing with someone like this and and I'll just remind myself of what those boundaries are for me and I will, you know, three points. I'll use my talk even my visualisation of how that's going to work and go through it in my head and make sure I, I stick to those for me. And that's important for me and supports me and maintains my self-worth in that situation.
0: Yes, and I think that's, again, really, really helpful, really helpful advice, something to take note of. If you feel like you're being gaslit or... um constantly lied to be made to feel guilty denied of the truth ensure that you're checking what's being said with other people people you trust people whose view of reality you trust so that even when you feel like you don't know what's top or bottom Um, what's left or right. You've got someone there who you can confide in and talk to because it's not always easy to get away from these people. It might be that you're stuck in a relationship with someone because you have children. It might be that you have separated for someone but you still have children so you're still being manipulated by that person And, and even though you're not spending your life with them, children are very emotive topic and something that's very precious to us. So it's I think those those things are really key. The boundaries, reminding yourself, learning what tools work for you and reminding yourself. Keep reminding yourself because whoever you are, whoever we are, we need to keep reminding ourselves and have someone that you talk to who's outside of that relationship. Maybe one person, maybe two people whose sense of reality you trust. So you know that their perception of reality is sound, um, and and tell them that's what you're doing. Tell them I am telling you this because I'm second guessing myself, and I want you to help me navigate what's true and what's not true.
1: You think? I mean, I think you have alluded to it in in uh, before in terms of like remorse, but one of the other traits of, I guess, narcissists is that lack of empathy, that understanding, and whether it's actually they actually have lack of empathy or it doesn't suit them to have empathy at the time with that person it still comes out in the same way um the inability to put themselves in other people's shoes or or the want to do that always seeing it from their point of view and that's that's almost quite a good kind of test to work out if they can do that
0: it is actually it's a really good test and testing it on whether they can understand someone else's point of view, like a child's point of view or a friend's point of view. Um, and, and it's on the both sides. It's, are they motivated to, or are they willing to, or do they just simply see the world from a self-immersed perspective? And narcissism is different from something along the scale of being a sociopath, although they often come hand in hand. But the narcissism is, I have no desire to see it from someone else's perspective It's not that they lack empathy, but they, like you say, are they choosing not to use it or do do they? It's not very well developed, I'm sure, because they don't use it because it's all about them. Sociopathy is sociopathy. Being a sociopath. Oh, did I? Oh, quick. Um, Is about (laughs) that they're often incredibly, immensely charming So they give the impression, this is actually something that's worth bearing in mind and makes it a little bit more complicated. They give the impression of empathy because they're able to manipulate to that degree that they will often be very charming and can appear caring, particularly women. Women who are sociopaths tend to actually seem like the most caring, considerate people. And you but yet they will absolutely dump on certain people from an extreme height. Um, and pulling out that can be difficult when it becomes a sociopath. But I don't want people to go around labelling people as narcissists and sociopaths. That's one thing I think we'd both say, no, no, no. It's like, don't go around diagnosing people, but but for your own self-worth, well-being, mental health those the 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 traits that sit under it are good to examine
1: is that where the uh, term narcissist comes from it's some i'm gonna get this wrong but it's some kind of greek mythology uh, awesome well, there was a god or, or or someone to do with Narciss. a god N- narcissist or something and he was looking in a pool of water and saw his own reflection and just loved it so much he kept looking at his own reflection so i think then he got turned into a daffodil which is why the 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 daft name is something to do with narcissists as well. Anyway.
0: Um, The other thing quickly I would say is if you're a giver, that's not a bad thing to be a giver. So there's a brilliant book by Adam Grant called Give and Take. And in that, he demonstrates that actually, going back to the success point right at the beginning, is that the most successful people... So he did research. He's a Wharton professor of organisational psychology and he did research across the world looking at successful people in organisational settings. The most successful people are givers, not takers. However, back to an interesting point, they know their boundaries. So whilst they're a giver, they are not a doormat. Yeah. Uh, and I think... I personally just want to reinforce that i think you can be a good person you can give and you can still be successful and achieve and be at the top of your field if that's what you want to do one is not um independent of the other but i think it's learning how to do that with those boundaries and his book might be a nice place to look actually for anyone who feels like they're a giver just for some tips on how to do that in a way that's helpful to you and other people rather than helpful to other people but not to you I think the way that
1: I've looked at that in the past because I think it's because I'm definitely a, a giver but it's and at times too much but realizing that actually I've got to give to myself too and that's where the boundaries come in is that if I have those boundaries I'm giving up to myself and therefore I can give effectively to others while still
0: keeping me me Absolutely, and and research shows that being pro-social, so helping other people, is incredibly beneficial to our own well-being. It's yeah. so it's good. It is good all round, but it's understanding how we're doing that. Um, I I dropped off um, a little girl who'd played yesterday because it's half term at her mum's house, and her mum is an absolute. She said yesterday I'm a people pleaser and I'm a giver and she's gorgeous but I see time and time again other parents she knows this other parents taking advantage of her and actually it comes down to that that boundary because even in a friendly well you'd think it's friendly but it can be quite vicious the political in p- parenting environment um but even in <laughs> Let's her, That's a whole point. oh my god that's more than one um as I said I just to, to another mum recently is having gone through it once with an eldest daughter with the youngest daughter I just sort of keep my distance I'm polite and friendly and just don't get involved um but with it, it simply comes down to boundaries and I as a friend try and help her reinforce her boundaries but she's not someone I spend a lot of time with so it, it comes down to you have to have responsibility for that yourself as well. You have to learn where your boundaries are and proactively put them into place. And like you said, if you go back to your post-it, it's not just putting them into place, but it's reminding yourself of that.
1: So we've, we've talked about kind of strategies to help people who are dealing with manipulative people. What happens if we are a manip- manipulative person, but we're not aware of that? How would we check in to ourselves on
0: that? We, that's a clanger to drop at the end. (laughs) You didn't warn me about that one. Um, It's a very good question. Would you like to answer it? Um, (laughs) I think um, one of the things I'm, I think is critical to all of us. So if you look at self-awareness to have the most accurate level of self-awareness, which again enables us to be successful healthy have good well-being good interpersonal relationships blah 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 it's not just our perception of the world it's understanding other people's perception of who we are in that world um feedback isn't something you should just potentially go around asking people willy-nilly uh there is there are ways of asking for feedback that are more helpful um which we could do another we could seriously do another podcast on asking for feedback and it's, it's, you know, it sounds a bit formal, but you can, another thing, one of the, the traits of the most successful CEOs I've worked with or witnessed in operation is they are constantly asking for feedback. And it's so much so that you don't even notice because it becomes part of their way of operating. So, I mean, but there are easy ways to dip your toe in and start. There, there are bad ways to dip your toe in and start where you're going to get something that you, you is not helpful or you don't you don't necessarily need so I think you won't know if you're a manipulative person unless you ask the question
1: would you know, look at noticing your relationships with others and is it positive at both sides is, is it- the other person having a good experience well as you and is it worth asking them that something around that because I guess it's it's making sure the reality that you've got in your head is actually the reality for the other person too
0: I think put quite simply yes that's it it's and then the only way of doing that is that feedback but there's also the intent so some of the manipulative people in the world don't have the intent to care they don't they it may be I am manipulating but it doesn't bother me or so it's it's whether that person is manipulative and remorseful, or manipulative and actually it doesn't. It's good. I think I get what I want. They, this way it works for me. There's nothing I need to change.
1: Interesting. Is it is it summary time? It is summary time. I feel like you're. I'm passing the summary baton to you. You're kind of taking over the... No. Yeah. No?
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> Don't drop another clang at the end of this. Okay, so we have talked, i uh, had a fantastic discussion, I've really enjoyed today's podcast about um, manipulative people, manipulative traits, uh, like a discussion in terms of kind of why and how people have got to that point, what to look out for, and then especially some tips in terms of how to help you manage yourself when dealing with these types of people Um, and what to look out for and how to make sure that you maintain your self-worth and your self-belief to achieve what you want to in your life and and have overall satisfaction in yourself (laughs) something like that fabulous if
0: only it was that simple but but in in all in in all seriousness think some really helpful pointers there and some some of the the points that you've made along the way throughout this, I think, are really helpful. When another one, I don't know if you just mentioned it there, was the separating the actions from the what someone's saying. That's I think that's an incredibly helpful tool. Fantastic, thanks so much. Pleasure, um, fee as always. Thank you, and we will uh, we will speak again soon. thanks to my guests thanks to you for listening if you want to find out more about me and my work go to FionaMurden.com or my social media handle is also Fiona Merden. if you enjoyed this please do subscribe review and tell your friends it'd be a massive help but for now goodbye and i hope you have a great week